If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of September 13th, 2020. The podcast that's something old, something new, something borrowed, and something orange. This is your host, Shane Killian. So, amidst all the information coming out about the Kyle Rittenhouse incident I covered last week, and especially since I'd said the timeline was difficult to work out, it turns out I did get something wrong about that. Rittenhouse talked to police before, not after, the self-defense shootings. Really, as confusing as the timeline was at the time, and considering the amount of misinformation out there, if that's the only thing I got wrong, then I'm actually proud of how good a job I did. Nonetheless, I regret the error. There was one misspeak as well. I'd said that the officers had committed an act of homicide against Jacob Blake. As anyone can tell by the fact that just before that, I'd said that Blake had survived but was paralyzed from the waist down, obviously I'd meant to say attempted homicide. It should be obvious as an error, but I thought I'd offer it as errata anyway, just for the sake of being as completely accurate as I can be. So now let's mechanize the news of the bogus. And we'll start off by taking a look at Kamala Harris, the prosecutor and senator currently running for backup president on the Democratic ticket. Apparently, Harris has been trying to make out like she's this great reformer of the screwed-up U.S. justice system, when, in fact, she's been one of the screwed-up things about it. Under her tenure as San Francisco's DA, the crime lab was severely mismanaged with her office ignoring demands that it take responsibility for the lab screw-ups and violating defendants' rights by hiding information about a corrupt technician who had been stealing cocaine. That resulted in 600 drug-related cases being tossed out. She fought the release of Daniel Larson, who had been proven innocent by the Innocence Project and who had his conviction overturned because she said the evidence of his innocence hadn't been provided fast enough. Her office also fought against new DNA testing for death row inmate Kevin Cooper, who claims he was framed for murder while also defending the conviction of a man who was convicted of sexual abuse by a stepdaughter who was known to be lying. But her prosecutors failed to turn over that exculpatory evidence. He is still serving a 70-year sentence. When the Supreme Court declared that California's overcrowded prisons constituted cruel and unusual punishment, she fought the ruling ordering the release of several prisoners. She also refused to endorse sentencing reform measures on the ballot in 2012 and 2014, and fought the federal ruling in 2014 that California's application of the death penalty was unconstitutional so that she could get the support of 50 police groups in her re-election campaign. She also denied parolees with valid parole cases because, direct quote, Prisons would lose an important labor pool. Yes, she was using them for slave labor. Harris actually received Idiot Extraordinary a year ago for not understanding why the Constitution doesn't allow her gun control agenda. Not only with regards to the Second Amendment, but also with basic constitutional limitations on presidential power. She also implemented a policy in San Francisco to report undocumented juveniles who were arrested to ICE. She tried to get around that by saying that wasn't the intent of the policy, but she and then-Mayor Gavin Newsom as well fought the city's board of supervisors when they tried to change the policy. And oh boy is she a drug warrior. She opposed marijuana legalization, claiming that it would encourage people to drive while high, called for expanding the trafficking of legal prescription drug users, 
opposed cuts to programs targeting nonviolent offenders, promoted civil asset forfeiture, and said she hopes to funnel even more money to cutting off fentanyl, including going after pharmaceutical companies. She also opposed a state initiative to roll back mandatory minimum sentences. In fact, as Attorney General, she oversaw the imprisoning of at least 1,560 people for nonviolent marijuana-related offenses. And now she claims to be pro-legalization. Funny how I don't believe her sudden election year conversion. She also prosecuted the parents of truants with jail time, something that targeted low-income minorities, and worked harder to throw women in jail for having consensual sex, going against women's groups and human rights activists trying to decriminalize consensual adult prostitution. And hey, do you remember Backpage? Harris was behind that fiasco, resulting in the closing of a perfectly legitimate site that actually helped law enforcement find sex traffickers, helping to spread the lie that they were actually enabling it and arrested its founders even after admitting that she knew perfectly well that they were protected by free speech and Section 230. And in fact, she does seem to want to be the country's censor-in-chief. She told the NAACP that domestic terrorists embraced radical and violent ideas on social media and called for holding companies like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube responsible. And in Congress, she kept up the crusade, being one of the biggest proponents of the horrible SESTA-FOSTA that we've talked so much about. Meanwhile, she refused to intervene in a real underage sex trafficking scandal involving dozens of her police officers and other authorities in the Bay Area. She also tried to extract money from airline companies because their apps weren't in compliance with California's privacy laws. And you know how she's decrying America's deep and dark history of prosecutorial misconduct? Well, as DA, she continually defended dirty prosecutors running an illegal jailhouse informant program, defended a prosecutor who had falsified an interview transcript to add a confession that was never made, and opposed an appeal by a defendant who had proven that the prosecutor in his case had lied to the jury. And given what's been happening this year, I'm sure she's hoping everyone's forgotten that she rejected calls to investigate deadly police shootings and even opposed a bill calling for a special prosecutor to investigate deadly police shootings. If she's for justice reform, then the Pope is an atheist. If you're looking for ways to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand advertisements, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to listen to the podcast and all of my videos on bittube.tv or lbry.tv to get cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. Or if you listen to the podcast at the podcast page, you'll also generate crypto. You can also go to airtime.bogosity.tv to get the airtime extension and generate crypto for yourself and the creators on the web anywhere you go, including my YouTube channel. Get five tubes free just for installing the extension and signing up. And then simply browse the web as normal. Easily monetize your favorite creators and yourself with cryptocurrency without advertising on BidTube.tv or LBRY.tv or with the airtime extension at airtime.pagosity.tv. Edward Snowden still hasn't been pardoned, even though he did nothing wrong and he just rightfully exposed illegal activity our government was doing. 
Well, it may not be much, but at least we finally have verification from the court that the FBI and the NSA broke the law when they engaged in warrantless data collection. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court Judge James Bosberg ruled that the FBI and NSA committed multiple violations of the law and or various court orders when they were collecting data from phone and tech companies. The ruling was issued last December, but it was only published about a week ago because secret courts are so awesome, right? The rules limited data gathering to when it was reasonably likely to collect foreign intelligence information, but there were widespread instances where they searched for information on U.S. citizens with no regard for foreign intelligence. For example, in one case, they swept up the records of 16,000 people, only seven of them with any links to crime or foreign intelligence information, despite what the FBI claimed. Bosberg ruled, it should be necessary to state that government officials are not free to decide for themselves whether or to what extent they should comply with court orders. The FBI's defense? Whoops! That was just a mistake! Our bad! They also claim they took steps to prevent it from happening again, but couldn't say what those steps actually were. Sadly, Bosberg didn't demand any more corrective steps, but implied that existing 2019-era rules should be enforced to prevent further violations. But the fact is, there is absolutely a pattern of illegal data collection at the FBI and the NSA. And it isn't any better when they just have the telcos collect the evidence for them, handing it over when they ask for it. It certainly isn't any better when the Five Eyes share this information. The UK government spies on Americans and then give that information to the US government, who now has data on Americans they didn't have a warrant to obtain. And it isn't just limited to telcos. They've repeatedly scoured for information on exclusively American communications and records, even going so far as to illegally help local law enforcement agencies get information, after which point they engage in parallel construction. They use that illegal information to get evidence, which they use to get a warrant for the original information they got illegally, pretending they got it legally later on. But you'd think at least something would come of this. When does Snowden get the whistleblower protections he should have had from day one? When are any of the wrongdoers going to be punished? When are we going to get any real assurances that this illegal behavior is going to stop? If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Oh my god, the more I read about Australia and their response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the more outrageous it gets. Literally, as in it actually is an outrage. 
In this case, they decided to send a message about the lockdowns by arresting a pregnant woman. What sort of message they think they're sending, other than them being irrationally violent thugs, is unclear. It's also puzzling as to how sending people around everywhere is supposed to prevent the problems caused by people going around everywhere. A viral video shows police arresting Zoe Lee Bueller, apparently for a Facebook post, which they stylized as incitement about a lockdown protest that hadn't even happened. They wouldn't even let her go get a scheduled ultrasound, potentially putting her health and the health of her baby at risk. What's even more outrageous is that they arrested her inside her own home in front of her own children. Cue Streisand effect in three... Two, one. They also presented her with a search warrant allowing them to seize any computers or mobile devices. They even seized the mobile phone of her husband, who wasn't even mentioned in the warrant. Yeah, so no, you don't have freedom of speech in Australia. You have no right to protest government policy or speak out against it. Even if it's a stupid lockdown that has been shown over and over and over again to do nothing to prevent the spread of COVID and may even make the problem worse. The Australian lockdown was in early July, and immediately after that was a surge in cases. Before then, the curve was flattening in under 8,000 cases and had been since April. After the lockdown, it had surged to over 25,000. By the way, they're doing this despite the fact that Australia has had less than 800 COVID deaths. Over 70% of them were in nursing homes. She was arrested for crime think nothing more. Here's hoping more Australians wake up to this and start demanding their basic rights. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to narcotize this week's biggest bogani emitter. And this week it goes to Raja Krishnamurthy, the chair of the House Oversight Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy, for more crap about e-cigarettes. We've covered the science pretty thoroughly. There's a scientific consensus that e-cigs containing nicotine are at least 20 times healthier than smoking cigarettes. But politicians just aren't having it. Krishnamurthy is calling for the FDA to ban vapes as, get this, a COVID-19 hazard. Quote, 
The science is now in. E-cigarette users are much likelier to be diagnosed with COVID-19 and to experience symptoms. This is true in vapors as young as 13, which is particularly concerning given that young people are increasingly driving the spread of COVID-19, threatening the health and safety of Americans of all ages. It is evident that the youth vaping epidemic has combined forces with the coronavirus pandemic, creating a much deadlier foe that demands FDA action. In a national sample that adolescent vapors aged 13 to 24 are five times more likely than non-vapors to be diagnosed with COVID-19, those individuals who have vaped and smoked combustible cigarettes in the last 30 days, dual users, are nearly seven times more likely than non-users to be diagnosed with COVID-19 and almost five times more likely to experience symptoms. In view of this national study proving our worst fears, I respectfully reiterate my call on FDA to clear the market of all e-cigarettes for the duration of the coronavirus crisis. It is the only responsible path going forward. That is a load of premium distilled crap. In fact, given the numbers in the study, if anything, vaping is associated with a reduced risk of COVID. The weird thing about it is they saw a statistically significant increase in people who had ever vaped, but not in people who had vaped in the last 30 days. How does that make sense? How can it be that having ever used an e-cig increases your risk, but having vaped in the last 30 days doesn't? And check this out. People with a history of smoking but not vaping were 2.3 times as likely to test positive for COVID, but the risk for people who had smoked in the previous 30 days was one and a half times. So what, is Krishnamurthy going to recommend that former smokers take up the habit again to reduce their risk? And for dual users, people who both smoked and vaped, people who had used in the last 30 days were at a slightly lower risk of COVID than former users. Why these weird results? Well, just consider that the data about this risk seems to be based on just five diagnoses of young people who had ever used e-cigs and just three who had in the last 30 days. But by all means, let's extrapolate from that to all of them, right? None of this seems to result in any sound medical advice. We would have to tell vapors that they could lower their risk of COVID by smoking as well. The data from this study is confused and contradictory, but that doesn't stop yellow journalists like those at USA Today who wrote, A new study has found that vaping is linked to an elevated risk of COVID-19 among teenagers and young adults, providing more evidence of the harmful effects of electronic cigarettes. Teens and young adults who vape are five times more likely to become infected with the coronavirus compared with those who did not use e-cigarettes. But of course, according to the study, you can reduce that risk by continuing to vape. Has any of them not thought about this for two seconds? I looked through every news media search I could, and Reason Magazine was the only one I found who treated this study with any degree of skepticism. Krishnamurthy was using COVID as a pretext to ban vapes last spring, so apparently he just leapt on this new study for support because he doesn't have anything else. So all of that makes Raja Krishnamurthy this week's biggest bogum emitter.
I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's overclassify this week's Idiot And this week, it goes to the FBI, who thinks it's an absolutely horrible thing that people can see who's at the door. They're talking about doorbells with cameras like the Ring Doorbell. We've covered before how they're really handy for Leos who just don't care about this Constitution thing. Since Amazon is all too willing to partner with hundreds of agencies wanting to use this to spy on their local citizens. So that makes it even more hilarious that the FBI is actually complaining about them. They've posted a technical analysis bulletin warning about the horrible threat these cameras pose to cops, since anyone can use them to see who's at the door. Are they not aware that a lot of people have these things called SECURITY CAMERAS? They sniveled. The document describes a 2017 incident in which FBI agents approached a New Orleans home to serve a search warrant and were caught on video. Through the Wi-Fi doorbell system, the subject of the warrant remotely viewed the activity at his residence from another location and contacted his neighbor and landlord regarding the FBI's presence there. But hey, I thought if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to worry about, right? Ring doorbells can give a notification to the owner when someone's at the door and they can view their cameras, even when they're not at home. Some models even allow them to converse with the person via built-in mics and speakers. In a different document, the FBI whined, Subject was able to see and hear everything happening at his residence and possibly covertly monitor law enforcement activity while law enforcement was on the premises. Yes, they don't like the fact that you can see what they're doing on your own property. Personally, I think that'd be a good time to hit the record button myself. But hey, it's always funny how they're the first to wail and whimper and moan whenever someone does it to them. I wonder if Amazon will learn a lesson from this, though. You can't trust government, even if you partner up with them. We know the problems with no-knock raids, and we know the excuses for them. What is the FBI doing other than applying the same crap to doorbell cameras? We don't want people to know we're here until we burst through the door and start shooting them. Especially after having captured Ring as a law enforcement partner, these comments are just head-shakingly moronic. So only the FBI could possibly be this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this, I don't know how to react, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Radley Balco. Police officers today are a protected class, one no politician wants to oppose. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins.